Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. So we bring on my dear friend Judy Shelton, who is an expert on all these matters. She's a senior fellow at the Independent Institute and a former economic advisor to President Trump, author of a number of great books, including her prediction that the Russian Soviet Empire was going to fall, which, you know, Judy, that book, uh, people have forgotten that book. People forget everything, but I don't forget. That book was one of the most remarkable forecasts ever. I mean, you just sat there. When you, you wrote that in the late 80s, and a couple of years later they folded? <laughs> well, it's nice of you to mention it, Larry, and, and great to be with you again. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I was out at the Hoover Institution. I was a senior research fellow, and I started to write uh, what would have been um, a scholarly, but perhaps with a somewhat boring title study on the impact of Western capital on the Soviet economy. But the more I looked at the internal monetary, banking, and financial situation of the Soviet Union, uh, the more it became clear that the country was going bankrupt. Hmm. And uh, so then the book was, was published as The Coming Soviet Crash. And I remember it a lot, a lot of people didn't believe it at the time. But um, we found it to be so that a country can be bankrupt in in many different ways, financially, morally. I think that the whole concept of of government knows best and and state controlled um, resources and uh, having ghost plan dictate how things would be produced and distributed was the exact wrong approach. And um, they paid a big price for it. I think there's still um, Russia is still held back by some of those concepts. I want to get to the Fed in a second, but let's just continue this. Is, is Russia now today paying a big price, a sufficiently big price, uh, for their uh, Ukraine war invasion? I mean, I and Judy, I don't know near as much as you know about that country. I just want to note that the Russian ruble, which crashed uh, at the beginning of that war and some of the early sanctions put on, but the ruble has recovered fully uh, and then some, which is, I find, a very troubling development. So are they paying a big price now for this war? Economically, yes, they are. Mm. And they have been largely ostracized from Western financial capital in that they've been denied access, and that's critically important to them. I mean, Putin came to power in this crucible just a matter of weeks after Russia declared bankruptcy. And so that's kind of the recurring nightmare. It started when, when the Soviet Union uh, would not honor the debts that had been incurred under the prior czarist regime. And then when Russia went bankrupt, um, that was the beginning of the end as, as far as Putin thinking the country could never re-emerge. They, they 
because they're so reliant on energy and because they got sweetheart deals to supply Europe, which we're now seeing what a huge mistake that was on the part of Europe, um, they were able to, to recover a lot. As I say, they're overly dependent on energy exports. But um, on the ruble, that's because that market is wholly manipulated and controlled. It really yeah. doesn't reflect the market value of, of the ruble. I, I guarantee people would much rather have dollars, but mm. they have controlled that market. And, uh, and so we're getting a distorted false reading there. All right. Got it. Thank you for that. Um, let's turn to the Fed. Um, inflation is raging. And if you were a Fed governor, which you should have been, um, what do you what do they have to do now in your judgment? Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I do think if I had been able to be a voice, I would have been dissenting quite a lot. Mm. Um, we saw inflation as a threat. Um, at least, at least by by last July, and yet they were continuing to engage in monetary accommodation. They they finally slowed um, the the. They decided to end and taper uh, at half the rate they had intended. They were going to go another six months, hmm. as late as December, and then they cut it off in March. But um, now we're in this situation that's so sad. Really, it, it's it's a it's a travesty that their only option, having blown it on inflation, is to punish the economy. And I, I think they are going to have to – it's like having to go through with this now to prove that they acknowledge the mistake over the money supply. But what I fault the Fed for is that um, they were in on this. They were encouraging the White House and Congress to overspend. And, um, and so they're part of that part of the problem as well, the fiscal side. But the Fed's remedy is going to hurt production as, as much as it's going to kill demand. I mean, all they're going to be able to do is make the cost of doing business even higher for any company that is reliant on on commercial loans and and so they're going to it's going to be so hard on anybody who has an adjustable rate loan mm. and and i don't i think if you really look at what they're hoping to accomplish you have to ask yourself how is making it more expensive to borrow and then that goes to the bottom line for people who who provide goods and services how is that going to help on the inflation front and and even more so how is is enticing banks to keep money earning interest in their depository accounts at the federal reserve where it is sterile it's not buying anything it's not investing in anything what is that going to do to help increase supply what banks should be doing is being engaged in financing productive investment that leads to increased output Instead, we had a Fed that was encouraging the Fed to make payments to people not to work mm. and, and to just exacerbate the increasing demand against a shrinking supply. So I'm hoping that, that the supply um, issue can, can improve in spite of the Fed. But I don't mm. think the Fed's tool is geared to that particular problem the only thing it might do in the mundelian sense and we both know that 
Bob Mundell's supply-side prescription was the right one. If you have a pro-growth tax reform, Mm -hmm. if you cut the regulatory burden, if you do some things to expand supply and you have tight money, that's going to attract financial capital into the United States. And if it goes into productive endeavor, that will be good. Judy, that's what I've been saying, too. I mean, I said it on my riff last night again on the show, uh, and I wrote it up. Um, you're exactly right. This would be a time to cut, to, at a minimum, to make the Trump tax cuts permanent and to deregulate. But the Bidens won't do that, so they're going to make it harder on the Fed. But, you know, go back. If, if you were following a commodity price rule, the Fed would have seen this 15 months ago. Okay, you give them some slack with the rise in, you know, commodities, uh, including gold, uh, in the second half of 2020. But 2021, the commodity index has continued to rise. I mean, the commodity index, Bloomberg index, just hit a new peak this week, Judy Sheldon. I mean, that's a warning signal. It absolutely is. It's one that Alan Greenspan used to pay a great yes. deal of attention to. Yes. And uh, we really had the, the great moderation under Greenspan. And he often said that he thought the best the Fed could do would be to replicate what we had under a gold standard. Mm-hmm. So he was he was, um, you know, it's funny these days. Somehow, if you mention gold, it's considered provincial or a throwback. The most sophisticated central bankers we've ever had, Paul Volcker and Alan Greenspan, of course they looked at commodity prices and particularly gold because they grew up under a system where there was a connection between the U.S. dollar and gold. Hmm. Well, so that Fed should just do its work, huh? The faster, the better. Yeah, as I say, Larry, if I thought it would help, I would say go 100 basis points every meeting because that's what they're going to have to do to even it's way past the end of this year to even get close to getting out in front of 8.6 percent inflation. Mm -hmm. If, If they're really abiding by the whole notion of Keynesianism, which is what underlies the Fed's framework in managing the money supply, then you have to increase the real rate of interest. Yes. So you deduct the nominal rate, the inflation, and they'd have to go to 10% to get in front of this inflation. Judy Shelton, thank you. We will talk very soon. Thanks for coming on our show, by the way.